Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1879, little bighorn participant Major Marcus Reno is caught window peeping at the daughter of his commanding officer, an offense for which he will be court-martialed. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, Zachary, and I am ready to rumble! I really liked the fade out there, that was good. Thank you. My name is Megan, and I will be your crafting queen tonight. Crafting queen, young the and crafting sweet. crafting queen. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that the shortest commercial air flight is from Westray to Papa Westray in Scotland. The flight is 90 seconds long, and the plane taxis for longer than the flight actually is. Why, why do they even offer Because that? there's a river that they just can't build a bridge over. I mean... I don't understand. What do you mean? No, like, I think so. There's like, time? there is a body of water that separates these land masses. And it would probably cost more to erect a bridge than it would than to it take would a 90 to second flight? Take a 90, 90 second flight, baby. Okay, 90 second flights, baby. What about a boat? I need you to know that this <laughs> is a- now on my bucket list is to go. <laughs> To this area what and, about a kayak? and take the yeah, we're Hell just yeah, renting brother. kayaks to you guys. Um, <laughs> but I I really want to go and visit Scotland now, just so that I can take. And I hate flying, but like if all I'm in the air for is ninety seconds, what could go wrong? Well, you're in the you're actually in the air for like eight hours to get to. Scotland, <laughs> no, I know, but then it's ninety. I seconds. was gonna say if we lived closer, that'd be like if you have a fear of flying, how you get over it? Like start with ninety second flights and keep going from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't Ugh. think this is like a normal thing. I don't think you can like dip your toes in in America. You know, no, considering, considering where uh, Texas is bigger than Scotland, where everything is, and where the enormity of America. Enormity. enormity it's too it's big far too big i was watching uh so this is a little bit on topic but not quite so uh i watched this thing where this flight attendant was like stupid questions i've been asked in the air and this guy was just like hey uh what states are we over and the guy was like well considering we're flying from east texas to west texas texas, texas. <laughs> never texas. would have guessed <laughs> Speaking um, of uh, wonderful states, we kind of give a little bit of a shout out to our friends over down in Florida. The only Florida. acceptable people that live in Florida are these people. Exactly. The only acceptable people in Florida are our friends over at Death Roll Apparel, who 
as they have been wont to do, are sponsoring our episode. Death Roll Apparel is a satanic, unapologetic, in-your-face clothing company that is, uh, did we mention, from Florida? They're pretty badass. Uh, <laughs> we love their stuff over here. Got some great uh, uh, t-shirts and stickers from them. And if you want to get to yourself some great uh, t-shirts like a Meaner Than a Junkyard Dog or my new favorite one that says, I won't go down on history, but I will go down on your dad. Uh, which is pretty fucking hilarious. That's so good. They have a shirt that says that? Absolutely they do. Uh, it's pretty oh, fucking man. awesome. Um, but yeah, if you want to grab some stuff from Death Roll Apparel, uh, use our code WTFPOD at checkout to get 15% off. So yeah, go get yourself some pretty fucking really cool and really uh, heinous merch, but in the best kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Okay, friends, we have played a children's game involving rocks, papers, and scissors, and the order for tonight is Zatch, Megan, and then me. Yeah, so as I said in my intro, let's let's get ready to crumble, baby. Are we... I want to say that maybe your story has to do with wrestling, considering all of the wrestling Zach does yeah. a really good job tying made. in his intro to... I know. Stories. I do. And, I Like, I can't do it, I dude. Think... Like, my intros are whatever. I'm, like, five seconds before it's my <laughs> yeah. time. I'm like, I oh, think I should, the like, only get one that, like, didn't directly tie in was when we introduced the the Ford Tacoma. Yeah. That that one didn't tie that in, one but we made it tie in later. And it didn't tie in. <laughs> also, I was. Can we still point out how confident I was that Ford? <laughs> yeah, no. We can talk about how confident <laughs> you were. Uh, so confident. So confident. I love that blind confidence. It's the only Ford Tacoma that was ever made, and we use it to travel through time. So, oh yeah, true, I- I'm gonna keep continuing with that blind confidence though, because we're gonna be talking about American history today, and nothing says. <laughs> Oh, Blind yeah. confidence, like American history. American <laughs> history. Nothing says manifest destiny quite like manifest in our destiny. Yeah, you know I don't yeah. think I do, but like, let's let Zach well, go it's off. It's not. It's not for oh, you. Okay. It's for the listeners at it's home. Only for real I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, I went in. And I watched a wrestling match over the weekend over in uh, Somerville, which was really cool. And, well, a lot of premiere wrestling is definitely scripted and fake. Uh, Now, I know, spoiler alert, uh, it wasn't always scripted and fake. Uh, And, well, I have said on many occasions that the presidential race should include a fight of some sort. We actually do have a history of White House wrestlers. Well, at least one of them. Old Honest Abe was quite a sight in his youth. In fact, he is in the American Wrestling Hall of Fame with the wildest record I have ever heard of of 300 wins and one loss. Who'd he lose to? A bear? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that your (laughs) go-to? Like, also, why did you say it so sarcastically? (laughs) Who did he lose to? A bear? What a pussy. No, for sure. Oh, but uh, I want to actually focus on one specific match that Abe had, uh, and it was no, Abe... Zach. Yeah? You need to answer the question. I don't know who, who his loss was to, but it was probably to... a bear! <laughs> I am disheartened by your lack of knowledge. 
Okay, it was either a bear or vampires, depending on which movie you've watched. Ooh, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> Vampire Hunter. There we go. Um, but yes, yeah, so this fight that I want to talk to you about uh, is not one of his losses, or his only loss, rather. Uh, but it is a against, it's Abe against the Clary's Grove Boys. All of them? All of them at once? We're going to get to all that. Of, all of those boys? We're going to get to that. All of those boys. Um, okay. So at this time, Abe was in his 20s and was a clerk at a store in New Salem, uh, which, you know, he did clerk stuff at. And the Clary's Grove boys were the local gang, the uh, terrible youths. And they did, you know, gang stuff. Mostly gang stuff. Gang stuff. <laughs> Mostly selling gin and wine and rum out of the back of a store and setting up cockfighting rings and wrestling rings and allegedly and potentially stealing some horses. But again, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> So, these hooligans are waltzing around town, and they start doing the dumbest thing that they could have done in New Salem. In New Salem. And that's claiming that they had the toughest guy in New Salem as a part of their crew. Oh my god, this is Letterkenny. Oh yeah. I know, I was just thinking about that. They say you're the toughest guy in New Salem. Hey, at Jared Kiso, (laughs) please fucking listen to this, and don't tell me you didn't base your fucking character off Abraham Lincoln. Fuck! I digress. <laughs> that's a that's a Canadian. It's a Canadian secret, right? Don't come off the property. So, uh, well, uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Don't come off the property. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought because you said that great, great line. He <laughs> <laughs> was thinking too much about Letterkenny. Uh, He's like, I'm sorry. I got, I got so, so distracted. distracted. Um, and yes, Abe was not a braggadocious man. He was honest, as we have braggadocious. said. Braggadocious. I love that word. I do. It's such a good word. It's That's a really, a really good word, really and it comes word. out of your mouth so Hashtag well. braggadocious. Yes. So Super Abe... califragilistic, extra braggadocious. Braggadocious. <laughs> oh. oh, get that tattooed on you. <laughs> I will. That's going on my left ass cheek. The right ass cheek already has stuff on it. <laughs> so Abe was not a braggadocious man, as I said, but his boss, Denton Offit, was. And his boss what was like... kind of name... Offit? It's one that's spelled terribly. It's O F F U T T. Denton is also a terrible name. Yeah, terrible name all around, Denton Offit. <laughs> wow. Here, let's just shit on this guy from 1830. Sorry. I'm going to um, name my kid Denton to tell him that I hate him. Oh, so we're not shitting on Denton. We're shitting on his parents who were even dead long before this. Got it. All right. Yes. Love this. This is what we do with history. We just shit all over it, apparently. That's the whole point of the podcast, Zach. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Zach sums up the podcast in two Uh, seconds. Anyway, Denton Offit was like, yeah, fuck your guy, because I have a 6'4 meathead supreme who works behind the counter. Also, he's really fucking smart, so you can go fuck yourselves, My boy's wicked smart. My boy's wicked pisses Matt. Yeah. (laughs) Wicked this is in Illinois, that. though, I so I don't think they that. had Boston accents. Oh, you're right. And we need to listen to what happened here. Tell me more. <laughs> so that didn't sit well with the Clary's Grove boys because they were, again, as I said, claiming that they had the toughest guy in New Salem. Joint boy? <laughs> Fuck, you gotta stop with these references. Sorry. I'm gonna keep laughing. 
But no, I love it. Um, so naturally, the Clary's Grove boys issue a challenge to Abe, which he turns down quite a number of times because he was like, I just want to, you know, do my job and not have to deal with a bunch of ruffians. But they start laying into him and making fun of him and basically making his life a little bit harder. So he finally gives up and takes up the challenge. And, you know, end of the laneway, don't come up the property and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do actually stage this fight outside of Mr. Uffett's store. And Mr. Uffett, being the suave businessman that he is, uh, bets $10 that Lincoln's going to win the fight. <laughs> yes. Which then starts a bunch of other betting, and now their entire town is basically crowded around these two boys as they're about to start a fight. And... This was, as I said, around 1831, 1832. Now, my inflation calculator that I can find only goes back to 1913. But in 1913, which is, you know... Well, we didn't, we didn't, real, we didn't use real money before Yeah, we didn't use real money back in 1831. It was yeah. just pioneer dimes. We, uh, we traded in favors and blowies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, like, you're joking? No. No, 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 but I'm not joking. We still no, 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 no. do that, though. <laughs> we'll talk another time about I how think... how uh, prostitutes and bordellos are the reason that we have an education system in America. <laughs> but, like, dude, I'm pretty sure that's, like, how vague... That's the currency of Vegas. No, yeah, I mean, sure. definitely. But in 1913, $10 would have amounted to about twenty-seven seventy-one in today's money. Wow. Uh, so it's not a huge bet, but it's, like, you know, the thought that counts. And... <laughs> So, Jack Armstrong was the supposed toughest guy in all of New Salem, according to the Gro uh, Clary's Grove boys. So, he squares up against Honest Abe, and uh, either of you want to take a fucking guess as to how that goes? Uh, based on the information that you provided earlier, Lincoln wins. Yeah, to say the least because it doesn't go well for Mr. Armstrong. Uh, after a short time into the fight, the Clary's Grove boys and Jack realized that they, uh, they fucked up. They grossly overestimated their <laughs> They really fucked up. So they fucked up because they picked a fight with a man that, once again, let me remind you, eventually gets a record of 300 wins and one loss in his lifetime. He's not there yet, but he's, you know, he's still going to achieve that at some point. There. So, Jack and By the Nashville, way, yeah. I did better research than you because he lost to a man by the name of Lorenzo Dow Thompson. Okay, well, go fuck yourself, Lorenzo Dow Thompson. You in Beardstown, Illinois. Okay. <laughs> All right, Thanks. but also, can we take a moment On April 22nd to and 1832, just... you can continue. <laughs> Lorenzo is a very Lorenzo's good Lorenzo's a great that's name. A, that's it's definitely better than Denton. Name. I was going to say, if we've learned nothing <laughs> from my story, it's that Denton's a bad name and Lorenzo is a good one. Lorenzo's there we go. Name. We have learned two things. We learned two things. <laughs> but yeah, so Jack uh, starts pulling some nasty, dirty moves because how the fuck else is he going to compete with the mean bean stock of six foot four Abraham Lincoln? You suckered me. I suckered you. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's another letter Kenny quote. Just keep going. <laughs> fuck. Uh, anyway, I... I, <laughs> I fully fuck. broke Zach. 
<laughs> Fuck it, Doc. Um, I fully broke. Oh, you did. I'm broken. Um, let me regain my composure. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I could not find exactly what the dirty move was that was not recorded. Um, not It was not out of sheer laziness this time that I didn't want to look up the one fucking loss that Abraham Lincoln had. Go fuck yourself, Matt. It was probably <laughs> a fish hook. Um, but it was not actually. It could have been a fish hook. Could have been a you know a nut punch. Either Ooh. way, it was. Uh, it wasn't cool. And um, <laughs> I love that descriptor. It, was, it just was not cool of Jack. And that it, um, just wasn't a cool thing to do. Well, it wasn't cool uh, according to Abe either because something flipped in his brain and Abe kind of went Hulk smash. Yeah. Uh, you won't like Abe when he's angry because Jack sure as shit didn't. Wow. Eyewitness accounts state that Abe proceeded to pick Jack up by the neck like Abraham Lincoln was the goddamn Batman and lift Jack off the ground with one hand. Where is he? And then proceeded to shake the ever-living shit out of Jack like he was a ragdoll before choke slamming him into the ground. Give me your lunch money. Give me your lunch. Honest Abe just emancipated that dude from his fucking life. Yeah. Oh my god, he emancipated that dude from the moil. Yeah, I mean, did emancipate. Not really, because Jack does live, but Jack gets his pride hurt, and I'm gonna do something uh, really semantics. Gonna do something really nice for you though, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna send you an image over Discord of the fight <laughs> because this is the image that is depicted of what Abraham Lincoln does. Dude, god. Did that guy just pop <laughs> Also, was Abraham Lincoln was Abraham ripped. Lincoln was fucking ripped. He Megan, was like... Megan. Megan. What? No. Do not... Megan? Do not sit Megan? here and tell me you knew. He won 300 <laughs> wrestling matches. He lost one. Not um, to a bear. To a man with the name to... Lorenzo. That's true. I Lorenzo the bear? Lorenzo the bear. It was ripped um, AF. Okay. I now would like to open it up to the listeners. Could you... We have had how many presidents? 46? We're on the 46... 47. 47. 47. Sounds right. No. Isn't Could it 46? Please... It's... Isn't Biden the 46th? Let me see. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Trump was 45. Was he? Okay. Yeah. How many presidents? We can cut this out in the are there that's fine yeah we can cut this out um there have been 46 presidents including joe biden so uh biden is the 46th i would like to reach out to the listeners um can you please tell me uh your top five hottest presidents who you think are the most yeah (laughs) which which ones are our which ones are presidential thirst traps please let us know abe lincoln should be at the top of that list now Oh, absolutely. Also, like, you lose points if you put JFK <laughs> within the top five. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't. Oh, yeah. He's... It's me, Daddy no. Kennedy. No. No. Stop it. I don't want to okay, hear it. Okay, so obviously Abe oh. bodied this dude. So, yeah, Abe bodies yeah. him. Um, and after Abe threw him around and was done with him, it looked like everyone was about to just fucking murder Abraham Lincoln because the Clary's Grove boys all circled around him 
and had he basically like backed up against the wall of uh, Offit's uh, store, and the Clary's Grove boys surrounded him. And do you know what Abe says at this point? He says, "Get out, or I'll beat the rest of you with my penis." Uh, no, but kind of, oh, because okay. he does whip out the big dick move of saying, all right, everybody get in a line. I'll fight you, but it has to be one at a time. Well, see, <laughs> that's just gentlemanly. <laughs> He's giving them each the attention they deserve. Exactly. Attention's paid. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, the best part about this is that after the fight and after the Clary's Grove boys begin to surround him, Jack begins to get a little bit of his bearings back, and he calls the Clary's Grove boys back and is like, nah, this man fucking thrashed me real good. Let's shake hands and be done with it. And Jack and Abe become really good friends after this because who doesn't want to make friends with people they've just chokeslammed, I guess? Yeah, again, I'm 100% sure that Jared Kiso beats (laughs) Wayne on Abe Lincoln. I'm, I'm convinced. The Clary's Grove boys get thrashed. They end up actually kind of turning around a little bit after this. They start doing less hooligan shit because (laughs) they start hanging out with Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln's like, yeah, you guys should not do some of this dumb shit. We should probably stop doing hooligan shit. And they're like, good enough reason for us. Yeah, hey. Exactly. Stop doing hooligan shit or else I'll thrash you all again. (laughs) No, he didn't say that. But you know what I mean? Was that his... I hope that was his platform, his, like, slogan. <laughs> Vote oh, for yeah, me or ran, else I'll fuck he, you up. Like, you ran know, for president? Yeah, like, when he ran for president, he's just like, hey, quit the hooligan shit or I'll thrash <laughs> you. Ask Jack Anderson what I'll do if you don't. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that is Hey, threat. America, stop your hooligan shit or I'll thrash you. <laughs> fuck. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, so that's the story of how Abraham Lincoln... Beat the crap out of Jack Armstrong in a very good-natured way. And by that, I mean he literally choke slammed a man and they became really good friends after. Mm. That's, yeah, that's Wayne in every fight that he's had in Letterkenny. <laughs> I know! It's, we Except I'm really... pretty sure that he didn't become friends with, like, Radass or someone Yeah, else. not the Any... nasty boys. <laughs> anyway. Also, I'm pretty sure that I just called that guy Jack Anderson as opposed to Jack Armstrong. You did, but, you know. But, you know. We're not going to talk about it, and we're just going to go straight in. You'll be killed later. Yeah. I'm going to have you taken out back and shot at a post. Um, Megan, tell me your story about things. All right. So that we can get as far away from my failure as possible. (laughs) Yeah, well, it will never be forgotten because I've already written it into my wall. Anyway, um... I came, I always come up with, like, fun titles for my stories for, like, me. And uh, this one I called uh, Einstein's Brain's Big Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I'm, like, imagining Einstein's skull just cracking open while he's asleep and some anthropomorphic brain with cartoon legs and arms being like, oh, it's me, Einstein's brain, I'm here to have some fun. Oh my god, of all the things that she could have said, that sentence was not the one I was expecting. (laughs) Einstein's brain's Uh, big adventure. It's, yeah, Einstein's brain's big adventure. The Brave Little Toaster sequel that you never expected. 
So I named it this because for an organ without legs, it really went far. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Einstein was a genius. Yeah. Um, we aren't really breaking any ground with that I statement. I respectfully disagree. And when he died, <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty like, tragic day for she the world. She just fucking yeah. glossed over my disagreement. She was yeah. like, yes, Matt. we're not, we're um, not gonna... Matt, we glossed over not... it because we don't want a second failure on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, all right, oh, I'm going to see myself out. Y'all can continue this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, please, no, no continue. It's, uh, you get one more strike, and then <laughs> the ninjas come. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and so we lost the dude who figured out the theory of relativity is what I'm getting yeah. at. And so the question needs to be asked, after his death, who was the smartest? how did his well, oh. no. How did his brain end up in Middle America? How did it end up in Kansas? Wait, what? How did it end up in Kansas? <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite of fucking Dorothy. I, Toto, I think we are in Kansas now. Yeah. So the journey of his brain began on April seventeenth, nineteen fifty-five, when the seventy-six-year-old physicist was admitted to Princeton Hospital. He was complaining about chest pains, and he died early the next morning from a burst aortic aneurysm. Oh fuck! Yeah, it was. It's pretty bad, but you know. So he died, and the doctor on call was Thomas Harvey. And here is where things to start to go wrong Amen. harvey did not have permission from einstein to perform an autopsy and yet oh no yeah. a man with two first names einstein. strikes again <laughs> i know dude. you always know people are gonna be messed up if they have too many first names uh he wanted to be quietly cremated and have his ashes scattered in a non-disclosed location so that it wouldn't become a place of pil- pilgrimage what a dude what a humble um, guy yeah He's just like a humble He's guy, such you a know. Learned, like honestly, a god among okay, men. Okay, but relax. with weirdly feminine legs. <laughs> anyway, that's the thing Einstein wants to be remembered for: his weirdly feminine legs. I, he is immortalized by I his can't feminine even legs. Do it, <laughs> I think I might actually have to step out because Megan's just got bangers this episode. <laughs> Fucking bring in the heat. <laughs> All right, tell me more. I don't know what to tell you. I'm carrying <laughs> anyway. And so humble. On my, so humble oh, is she. My feminine legs. Uh, yes, carry <laughs> anyway. us to the finish line of this story with your feminine legs, Megan. It's true, I can because Zach gave me an at-home workout <laughs> and I've really been failing at mm. it, but I'm trying. <laughs> tell me more, tell so, me more. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about you. This is about Einstein's brains. Act adventure. like I'm the one disrupting the podcast here. You and your you one-liners about you. Einstein's legs. This is... That should also be tattooed on Zach's body. Anyway, Thomas Harvey did not have a legal right to crack Einstein's head open and remove the brain and then keep it for himself. Nice. What? <laughs> yeah. 
So there are a few theories as to why he did this. The first is that Einstein's general practitioner requested that the brain be removed, which is a really bold request from a doctor who nowadays can't even be bothered to stay in a room with a patient for more than five minutes before suggesting that they get an MRI and come back within a month. <laughs> that is adding every single GP in a <laughs> I, lo- I love the heat that we're bringing to doctors now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't appreciate them. Sorry. I can also have a doctor in. Yeah, the only doctor that we appreciate on this podcast is Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, also, like, considering... Um, so, this is really off-topic, but uh, I diagnosed my dad shingles because every doctor is like, I don't know, just looks like a rash, whatever. And I'm like, should I go print out my, like, MD for McKinko? <laughs> Like, yeah. I get it from a cereal box, yeah. Honestly, at this point. Uh, so anyway, the second reason he could have done this um, is because the Russians were also uh, collecting big brains of their own geniuses and dissecting them to try to, like, figure out where the seat of genius was. Okay, but this is Russia. Let them and... do the weird fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, let them do... That's what I'm talking about. Like, let them do the weird science fetish shit, and then, like, we'll just ride on their coattails, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, like, this is just how... This is our relationship. Let them do it first, and we'll do it better. They never got HIPAA regulations, (laughs) and we did. Uh, The third could be that he was chasing greatness. And what I mean here is that he had the chance to figure out what made Einstein tick. And it was kind of hard for him to pass up the fame that could have brought Okay, him. you said chasing greatness, and for a second, just because we recorded our Schmanibalism episode last week, I thought you were going to say he was about to eat Einstein's brain, you know, for the good, good brain juice. Manibalism. <laughs> yeah, like, like the old school... Uh... We're going to get old school on this yeah. genius brain. I'm just going to eat this brain and it'll give me his brain powers. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. If you consume the brains of others, it gives you more brain. Just like bone juice. Bone juice. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bone this juice. episode brought Trademark. to you by Bone Juice. What the fuck, history? <laughs> so, uh, when the fact came to light a few days later that Harvey had just, you know, taken Einstein's brain for no reason. Unethically. Unethically, you know. Uh, Harvey was like, well, 
I'm not going to feel bad about this. So he called up uh, Einstein's son, Hans, and Hans was like, okay, I will give you permission to do this, but you have to promise me that as you're studying this brain, like the brain of my dead father, that it has to be in the interest of science and that any results need to be published in a reputable scientific journal. Which seems reasonable considering this doctor committed a felony. Mm, brain I love how it's like, yeah, this felony's okay as long as it's for science. I love long... unethical learning. <laughs> and as long as it's a reputable I news love... source. Yeah, dude. I'm Well, I'm glad that he put yeah, that no. in. He stipulated. Uh, he also removed his eyes for some reason and gave them to Einstein's eye doctor. And are they are now apparently in a safe deposit box in New York City. But I guess, like, we're not talking no, about it. No, I mean, we anyway, did just talk on. about it, though. No, we're not talking about it. Needless to say, <laughs> Harvey lost his job after this unsanctioned office. As never would have fucking guessed, huh? Yeah. As Princeton was like, what the fuck, man? Why would you do this? And he was like, uh... Because I want Because... Yeah, cause because I, I wanted to hand, hold up the eyeballs. Said it was okay. I wanted to hold up the eyeballs and go, look, look with your special eyes. <laughs> Stop that. that commercial hadn't been made years yet. before commercials. Years before his time. Of that nature. So he left his job, but he refused to give up the brain. So he just took, I mean, he took Einstein's brain. Yeah, it's a souvenir. Uh, Ooh, a souvenir. No, that's wrong. No. Fuck. It's important to note that Harvey was not a neurologist. Like, he knew about the brain as far as understanding its, like, post-mortem states, but he didn't have any expertise to really study it and deliver on his promises to Einstein's son. Oh, so he just wanted a brain Um, for fun. I understand now. I guess. Like, it's kind of wild. He was just like, I'm gonna take it. And Hans was like, can you do something with it? And he was like, I'll say yes. Fake it till you make but it. But no. But no. He did one of those, and this is friends that are listening to the podcast. I just want you to close your eyes and envision this. Uh, he did one of those classic bits from sitcoms where he said yes, but was fully shaking his head no. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yes, I can do that yes. for you, Hans. Of course, Hans. For Hans. But Jerry, we're going to take Hans's the dad. brain of Einstein. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's up with that? Anyway. What's up with that? What's up with Princeton firing me after stealing a dead man's brain? I hate this because that would be a totally Kramer move and not a Seinfeld move. Um, I love how it went from Letterkenny to Seinfeld anyway. Yeah, we're covering the spectrum tonight. So, after he quickly came to the conclusion that he was really out of his depth. No, now he's realizing that shit. Yeah, he was like, oh man, I really, I jumped the gun on this one. Uh, He took the brain to a Philadelphia hospital where he had it sectioned off into more than 200 blocks. He gave some of the sections to Einstein's GP and then tried to get other resources. researchers on board i need uh this is i just what i love the idea of this guy just like taking pieces of einstein and giving them to people that like worked with einstein oh i think my favorite part is like 
when I was reading this, it sounded sometimes like it was unclear if these researchers wanted the brain, so it, like FedEx was just delivering <laughs> them, and it ended up on the doorsteps of unwilling brain recipients. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I whose brain is this, and it's just like it like in Sharpie, like poorly written Sharpie, Einstein. Einstein's brain. Look under your chair. You get a brain. You get a brain. Get a brain. Everybody gets a piece you, of brain. Everybody gets a brain. Like, whatever. Uh, it did lead to decades worth of other brain researchers looking at the pieces that they were given and publishing papers on their findings, but um, a lot of people uh, now, a lot of researchers are like, it was kind of flawed like their studies and it was mired in something called neuromythology like they were looking for something that made this brain special Mm. instead of you know looking at it very objectively yeah Yeah. that makes sense it was the unicorn brain after all that's insane yeah i mean it's kind of hard because you're like damn this guy did so much like there has to be something different i mean yes and Yes, and. I yes mean, that's and. the proper improv thing. <laughs> but, no, so, yeah. like, yes, but also, uh, taking a little bit of a difference, I mean, if we... <laughs> yes, but gonna, also... We're just gonna flip fucking improv rules on their head right now. Fuck Not improv yes, rules. I don't think that's it's, how it works. It's yes, but also. Yes, but also. Yes, but also. As you can see, guys, we take the most hipster thing you can do, improv, and we make it a little bit more un- <laughs> Anyway, um, yes, but, but yeah, also, anyway, yes, and also the, I mean, if you think about it, like I'm gonna quote fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson here and be like, you know, we're made up of carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, and and, and there's another one, magic. star stuff. No, there's another one. Star but there's like stuff. four basic building blocks that inhabit us as a human being and every living thing on the earth and everything that makes up matter in the universe. Nitrogen. So, nitrogen. That's the fourth one. Thank you. It's carbon, welcome. oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen. Those are the four things that really make up everything in the entire universe. From Does that mean one of my strikes s- gets erased? Because I really can't be living here with two strikes. Yep. Yeah, you got, you got one strike. Fine. Okay, but... You're on the fence. <laughs> All right. But so to warned. say that this person has to be extra special is kind of counterintuitive to the entire human experience because we are made up of the same stuff that is floating billions of light years away. Yeah, but Zach. Which is cool. Which is great. You understand. Einstein had midichlorians. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, no, no, no. no. Your strike's back on there. God Go damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's a good thing that I saved myself from being kicked off my own podcast before (laughs) I tell my own story. Matt. You come in here with No, I did I did actually throw in one of the worst things from Star Wars. I was gonna say, you you did two things there. You got yourself that second strike back, but you also gave me the title of this episode, which is Uh, Einstein had had (laughs) Minichlorians. Well, you can't give me a strike for a joke you're gonna use. I can and I Uh, will. God damn it. We can though, because we just did, and these are the rules. I, like I don't make the rules, except rules. for I do. Wow. 
<laughs> we don't make the rules, but we do. Wow. Uh, also, what was kind of funny was uh, whenever Harvey was asked where he was in the process of publishing a paper, he would reply that they were a year away from it, which he kept saying for the next 40 years. I mean, who doesn't do that at their job? Like, there's two things that everyone does at their job. Lie about timelines and shit on company time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is... Harvey was on his own company time, and he was doing... All of those things. I mean, I guess bullshit your boss, um, even if your boss is you. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. It's called procrastination. <laughs> Yum. Uh, around the same time, um, his marriage started to fall apart. Who could have guessed? And his... Yeah, who could have guessed? A, the guy who stole Einstein's brain. That a man brain. who stole a brain didn't have a stable love life. <laughs> I know, dude. Um... His wife threatened to throw away no! the No! No! <laughs> she was like, get this out of my house. I, I imagine I imagine the conversation going something like, I'm going to throw this brain out. And he's like, honey, no. Do you know whose brain that is? And she's like, I literally don't care. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> and the entire time uh, he's sitting so there being like, real. if I only had a brain. <laughs> if I only didn't steal Einstein's brain. I might be a reputable doctor still. He then took the brain. So this is where his, like, the big adventure starts up. Oh, oh shit, that doesn't start After it started? went to Philadelphia. Well, it went to Philadelphia, but that wasn't too far from, like, Princeton. No. So then he moved it to the Midwest, where he worked as a medical supervisor at a testing lab in Kansas. Oh. And he kept the brain in a cider box stashed under a beer cooler. What? That's a great place yeah. to keep a brain. It's not going to rot or it's, anything. It's what Einstein would have wanted. No, it's not. Einstein wanted to be cremated <laughs> and thrown to someplace quiet. <laughs> like a beer cooler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like a beer I cooler. I hate that. He then, you know what? There's nowhere lonelier than an empty beer cooler. So there's, uh, there's something Until to this about. guy decides to crack open a cold one. <laughs> oh, like Einstein's brain that he kept in a mason yeah. jar. With the he blade. actually kept it in a miracle whip jar. A but miracle whatever. whip jar. Um, yeah, like no mayonnaise. greater shame. That's what Einstein would have no. wanted. And then, and then he moved to Missouri with the brain, wow. where he studied it in his spare time. But then he lost his medical license because he failed a competency exam. So I'm very. <laughs> confident in him he then moved back to kansas and worked as an assembly line man and regularly sent pieces of the brain to more researchers around the world and then in the 1990s harvey went on a cross-country road trip with a reporter with the brain in the trunk in hopes of meeting einstein's granddaughter he wanted to give her the brain but she didn't want it yeah, that doesn't sound like something that would have stopped this guy, though. This guy sounds like, like he has like, already been mailing, mailing pieces of this brain to people. Yeah, she's like, I don't really want Grandpa's brain, but thank you for the offer. Is that the Miracle Whip? And can then... I have your Miracle Whip, please? Can I have the Miracle Whip? Can I have the... Can, can I? Thank you. Can oh, I God, it's brain. Whip? <laughs> it's brain. Oh, not what I want. Can I get a little bit of that gray matter whip? Ew, no, stop it. So Harvey returns <laughs> Harvey to where? Harvey then returned to 
Princeton. Princeton. And he gave the brain back to the pathology lab where this whole journey started. And they put it back in Einstein. (laughs) And then then cremated it. it Back in Einstein. No, they put it inside of a seven foot Goliath and created Frank Einstein. Oh! Oh! You get a strike now. No, you definitely do. I deserve it. I deserve (laughs) it. And now, so that's the end of my story. Einstein's big. Brain's big adventure. Einstein's brain's um, big adventure. Yeah. So now it's your turn. It is my turn, and I'm really happy that I didn't earn a third strike before I got a chance to tell my story. I was gonna say, Matt, well, it's two strikes in the bottom of the ninth. Bring us home, baby. Um Bring us home. So we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about World War Two, and by we oh, no. I mean me specifically. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's like mostly you, so. It's all and, you, bitch. <laughs> and I'm here to say that I have zero intention of stopping, so fucking strap in, kids. Uh, today, I am going to talk to you about the White Death. And I know we're all kind of hoping that this is a story about the antithesis to the Black Death, where people miraculously heal from what seems to be a debilitating illness, but no, that's not the case. Um, the White Death is, however, the nickname given to a Finnish sniper named Simo Haya. I apologize because I probably bitter. I had a stroke a moment ago. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're fine. not gonna talk about it. Um, but I probably did butcher the pronunciation of this gentleman's name. However, moving forward, I'm just gonna call him Simo because we're best friends now since I researched him. Um, so Simo was born to a farmer, uh, a family of farmers. Uh, his father was a farmer. His mother was a farmer's wife. As per the Wikipedia page, I absolutely loved that description of his mom, by the way. It was like, Simo's dad was a farmer. Simo's mom, a farmer's wife. And I was like, okay, great. That's Um, that's kind of garbage. It is is a little garbage. I feel like it just makes her sound like she just stayed in the house all yeah. the time when she I was like I think it said like a working. modest farmer's wife and I was just like okay modest but he was born in the south of Finland near the Russian border uh he joined the voluntary militia at the age of 17 where he earned a lot of medals for marksmanship he had a lot of trophies for his marksmanship um and then he kind of you know, uh, retired from military. I think he went, like, in and out, from what I can tell, because at 19, I think he was doing stuff with the military as well. Um, There is a period of time in Finland where you're, like, forced to be in the military for a little bit. But even so, during his on-again, off-again stints, he, he was really good at shooting shit. But he ends up retiring... Uh, from the military and decides, you know, not gonna, not gonna mess with this. I'm just gonna be a farmer. But at the age of 32, he does get formal sniper training. Ooh. And then something incredible happens. He gets bit by a radioactive spider and becomes <laughs> Sniper Man. No, um, no, no, no. So in World War II. Oh no, there's a whole fucking there's a whole thing I'm skipping. I almost oh. I almost skipped over all of his uh all of his baseball card stats. Well, we don't, 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, in my whole head, it does not matter because all I can think of on repeat is you choose Sniper Man. <laughs> so, Fuck. according according to reports, Simo was able to estimate distances with an accuracy of one meter. Uh, which is 3.3 feet, up to That's 150 meters, which is 500 feet. So he was Shit. really good at gauging distances to things. I'd fucking say. There's a gentleman who wrote Simo's biography, which describes a time when he hit the same target 16 times from 500 feet within a minute. The man wrote, this was an unbelievable accomplishment with a bolt-action rifle, considering that each cartridge had to be manually fed with a fixed magazine that held together five cartridges. So, fuck. He was the Annie Oakley of fucking sniper rifles. <laughs> um, however, in 1939, during, a, uh, during the World War, my favorite World War, a different war breaks out, kind of like a mini war, a little baby war. Um, and this is called the Winter War, and it happens between the years of 1939 and spans into 1940. Altogether, a very small war. Um, but it happened between Finland and the Soviet Union. Oh. And it was during this brief stint, or this brief period of time, uh, that he is given his nickname, because as it turns out, Simo is super duper good at killing Russians. <laughs> All right. Um, he obviously enlists to help his uh, country win this war. He is sort of like a, a lone wolf almost. He, he didn't really go out with people. He just strapped on his winter camouflage and went out by himself. So he goes out into the woods in all-white camouflage. He has his rifle, which is an old-school Finnish version of the M28. Okay. He didn't use a telescopic sight, so in their time... Doesn't in this time, too much of a champion. Yeah, in this time, the telescopic sight was one of the newest and best improvements on a on a rifle. But because he would have to lift his head up two centimeters to look through his sight, he was like, nah, son, that's not happening. Yeah, I, like, what was he, just fucking using an iron sight the whole yeah, time? he used his iron sights. And he had also noticed that if he used a telescopic sight, it would have, the lens glare from the the sight might have given away his position. So he, he iron sighted the entire time. Holy fuck. He also built up snow drifts around his position, which would give him padding for his gun and also wouldn't kick up powder when he took shots. Uh, he would leave to venture out to his blind very early in the morning before the sun came up, and then he would stay all day until the sun went down. And now this was, you know, midwinter, so the sun wasn't up for a ton of time, but he would, like pack himself enough food for the day and just keep it in his pockets. He would go out and then he wouldn't come back until the sun went down. He also, also upon, you know, all the other badass things that he's done so far kept snow in his mouth so that he wouldn't be breathing vapor, which would give away his position. 
So by keeping oh, his mouth cold, he was not exhaling warm air, giving away his position. This dude is oh. fucking baller. Yeah. I know. That's He's pretty, amazing. That's pretty, Basically, I mean, I've this heard of man, snipers like, yeah. being able to slow their heart rate down yeah. stupid amounts, but this guy's like, hmm, right. let me literally be dead so yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> Exactly. This man did everything he could to make himself a ghost in the snow. Um, and he was very much like Elsa in Frozen because the cold didn't really bother him, given that he was often in the snow in temperatures that were around negative 40 degrees. This man gives no fucks. He's this man hero. gives no fucks. And he's just a modest he's like, farmer. I'm a polar bear. So the thing that inspired me to look into this is sort of like a, someone had written a whole post about his life. And I, in my research, did not pick out which parts of this were true. So I'm going to Procopius my way through this. Hell but yeah. According to his legend... Uh, Simo picked off enough soldiers to warrant a task force being sent out to find him. And when that happened, he killed the task force too. And after, um, the loss of life of the tax task force, it's said that the Russian military decided to deploy counter snipers, which are basically snipers trained to kill other snipers. Snipers. Yeah. Uh, but Simo killed them. <laughs> Um, the Russians then decided to carpet bomb the position they thought he was in, <laughs> hoping that in so doing, they would just get really lucky. Uh, but they missed. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. And according to the report that I read, he only suffered minor damage to his jacket, just which a is, singed. which is like great. It's just a little singed. However, on the 6th of March, the unthinkable happens. Simo catches an explosive round with his face. Oh shit. And he loses parts of his upper and lower jaw and a lot of his cheek. And when he is recovered, they think that he's dead. Until somebody comes by looking for him with new orders later and finds him on this pile of bodies, but his leg is twitching. And so they're like, this man's still alive. Let's get him to a hospital. <laughs> he undergoes 26 surgeries after this process. Um, they manage to save him. He regains consciousness a week later as peace treaties are being signed. Uh, between Finland and the Soviet Union. Now, the Winter War was over after just a hundred days. And guys, this is the fun part. Oh, In shit. the 100 days that Simo had been a sniper during the Winter War, he racked up 542 kills between his rifle and his SMG. <laughs> Holy shit, that's like, uh, he's got like at least five kills a day. That's fucking ridiculous. He was recording five kills a day. His highest total in one day was 25, which got him a fancy, they they were like, oh, this is, this is crazy. We're going to give you a brand new rifle for this. And he's like, cool, thanks. I'm never going to use this, but thank you so much. There's there's a little bit of uh, debate about whether or not that's his actual total. Um, he recorded 
his own totals in a diary that he kept while he was out. And Mm -hmm. I think it said somewhere in there that he had like 209 or 219 um, of his own recorded. And then the SMG kills, he didn't record himself. So it was just guesswork, really. Damn. Yeah, 219 was his record. Yeah. Of what he did. So he had recorded that. And then... Being even more of a badass, with half his face, he lived to the ripe old age of 96 years old. Oh my god. And the best part about this in my whole thing, because you you, you did some research on mine. I had to do some research on yours. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So he was, he never really talked about his war experience. Yeah. Because like, you know... That's people don't usually talk about war. You don't really have to. But uh, he was asked in 1998 on how he became such a good sniper. And his only response was practice. I mean, realistically. So as I mentioned, he did grow up on a farm. Yeah. He hunted small game a lot. Yeah. Like he had to be able to provide for his meals and things like that. I think like when he was young it was something fun and like he was obviously very good from a young age as i mentioned he had a ton of trophies from like marksmanship competitions i don't know though dude like the going out in white camouflage putting snow in his mouth just like picking off dudes that's insane that's crazy (laughs) No one wants their wants to do their jobs like that anymore," said the boomers. <laughs> okay, said thanks for boomers. your contribution to this story, Megan. Well, you know, I was I you was like enraptured. listening to it. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's just kind of wild. It's kind of wild. I don't understand people in the world wars. Yeah, like maybe. Maybe there are soldiers now who are like doing stuff like that. And you just don't you hear about it, won't. but it just feels like they. The only reason were... that they so his um, his commander had also been keeping a record of how many people he had unalived. Yeah, unalived, as if we're trying not to get unalived demonetized now. <laughs> his his commander had taken a record as well of you know how many people he had killed. Simo's diary of the that time, which eventually did get published, I can't remember the name of it, he had hidden it. It was only after, I think, like, it accidentally got found that it got published. Yeah. Like, he, he uh, as, as Zach mentioned, I think typically, you know, people don't necessarily go around and brag about you know, this is the life that I led. I don't yeah. think people that are, I mean, like the people that go to war with other people know some of these stories, but like, that's, that's not necessarily for us to know unless it, you know, gains international news attention. Mm-hmm. Like anytime a hero, you know, calls artillery on themselves or something like, like those kinds of stories are the ones that the news can sensationalize. And, I mean, truth be told, this guy was part of Finnish propaganda. I mean, he was five feet tall, and they made him sound like he was this giant 
that you don't you don't need to be tall. When no, he's but a fucking the, short king for sure. But the thing is, they made him sound like he was this legendary. So, like when people saw him, like they just looked over him because who would have thought that he was this guy? He he was very much the type of person that did not want to be in the spotlight. And accidentally found himself there because yeah. he was just so fucking good at what he was doing. But Damn. that's all I have. Unless you guys want to levy any, I wish my government any new would strikes at me. Brag about me. Do something. I don't want the government about. to brag about me. Thank you very much. Um, I want to fly under I the radar here. Every see. I live that's every what, day. That's I what want Simo wanted. Sir, he just wanted to fly under I the want radar. Sir Joseph and Einstein Joseph wanted to be buried Jordan in peace. Biden. We don't get what we fucking want. <laughs> we don't always get what we want, which is something you're that I gonna, should say to you, Megan. Oh, okay. We're we're gonna let the fact that I called Joe Biden Jordan Biden throw. No, you get a strike for that. Fine. No, you I do. But thank you. For hey, trying. here's the thing. Uh, you do because I make the rules. I. <laughs> that's not true. You're not the only one that gets to make <laughs> rules. I'm sorry, whose name is the Abyssal? Okay, just because you guys are the only ones with eldritch names doesn't mean that you get to lord it over me, okay? You guys haven't even really put any effort into it. My throne above says something different now, doesn't it? Get out. Alright, I think we all need to get out. Get out. Get out. I'm getting into the Ford Tacoma. Ladies and gentlemen, it was at this time that Zack jumped into the Ford Tacoma and went back in time to a happier time before strikes exist in the podcast. Ah, uh, we can all remember those times, can't we? The time before yeah. strikes. Oh, I think that was a low-flying plane. We're going to ignore it for now, though. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us. I just have one final question to ask. What the fuck, history? If you like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at the Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 